Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to age time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Oh, I almost, I did it. I can see why Sean jumps in on Damian Pierce every time. You get so excited and uh, that the week is starting. Sean Pendergast is still on vacation. He's got one more day left, so we, uh, we get to be blessed with Sean Bajani for one more weekend. Hello, Sean. What's up, man? Good morning. How are you? So you spent the weekend in Houston. I spent the weekend in New York City, or at least part of the weekend in New York City with Sean Bajani, John Lopez, and his entire family, um, and uh, and Nick Wright for a little bit. It was a uh, it was actually it was a lot of fun on Saturday night. But I missed I missed I, I feel like I slept on what was a very very active weekend, not just in Houston sports, but in the NFL and everywhere else. So like last night, I'm scrambling to make sense of it all. Uh, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's that time of year. I mean, (laughs) I I love it, but I hate it at the same time because, you know, all this NFL news with the free agent talk, all the trade discussion, the draft positioning, it just makes your head spin. It's so hard to kind of get a handle, get a grip on keep, keep everything under control. Right. So Friday there was news of the Panthers trading up to the number one overall spot. And, um, that was, that was crazy enough I don't think that I anticipated it really happening this early. I know the Bears were open to it. Yeah. So, and, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about that a bunch today. We had a Jalen Ramsey trade from the Rams to the Dolphins. We had a Robert Woods signing, something that Landry had been stumping for for a couple weeks. Um, we've got the legal tampering period starting with official free agency starting on Wednesday, so uh, I guess if we're if we're to unwind it all from from Friday through right now, the first and biggest news was the trade of the Carolina Panthers up to number one overall, and mm-hmm. all the implications that that may have. What was your first? What was your first gut reaction to that? It was it was it? Oh no! Ah crap! They're going to take whoever the Texans want. Yeah, it was kind of like oh crap, but then like. You know, that happened just like a couple of hours after we'd gotten done doing our show. And you remember we went over that mock draft, that draft infusion that, you know, that we had that segment yeah. that morning. 
and it was the CBS model. And my first takeaway was like, holy crap, this looks really similar to the projection that was in the CBS model that had the Texans actually trading up with the Bears to the number one spot. The only difference was is I think an extra second-round pick was sprinkled in in this actual deal. And then, of course, DJ Moore, the receiver. So I was like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It made a lot of sense given what the wide receiver market looks like both in free agency and the draft, where it's not a particularly strong draft for wide receivers. Um, It's not a particularly strong free agency period, and that's Mm -hmm. where we'll get into the Robert Woods stuff and maybe why the Texans were doing that. There are a whole lot of ramifications there. Um, Yeah, overall, I think, you know, the the GM for the Bears, Ryan Poles, had said emphatically to Peter King that he knew he could get at least a 2024 one and a 2025 first-round pick. Um, I would say that this, when you factor in DJ Moore, feels about equivalent to that. You know, a first rounder, a couple second rounders, DJ Moore, and the Bears moved down to ninth overall. So some of the other reports that start filtering in over the weekend, and this is the one that I think that people are skeptical about. I'm going to give John Harris credit for saying it almost immediately um, is, is a possibility. The Bears reportedly claim that they actually don't even know who they want to draft yet. Yeah. That it's just they wanted to get up there so that when they evaluate, if they really fall in love with somebody, then they'll, they'll have the pick of the litter. Are you, are you buying that they don't? Because the odds, the Vegas odds say that it's that the Panthers like C.J. Stroud, yeah, Stroud and he's a very now. strong favorite to get taken number one overall. I just have a, such a hard time believing that. And, you know, more times than not, Vegas is right. <laughs> so I, I kind of side-eye that. But it's still so damn early, Seth. And I heard everything that John Harris said. And, you know, he's so smart. I love the objective way that he's able to look at things and just kind of break it all down. And he made a lot of really, really good points. I could totally see the Panthers doing this because the way that I viewed the deal after it had gone down is like, you know what? Like, the getting was good. If you were going to make a deal, do it now. And you can investigate, you know, that entire regime hadn't had a whole lot of time to really focus in on these quarterbacks, particularly atop the draft. Yeah. So I could see it. All they did was drive the ask up. They drove the market up because as you get closer to the draft, and even on draft day, like if a team like the Texans or the Colts or the Raiders, they really fall in love with a guy and they need to go get Bryce Young, they need to go get C.J. Stroud, the ask is going to be through the roof. Yeah, yeah. That's... um. It's, boy, in depending on what the Panthers do with number one overall, if the Texans are in a position where, you know, presumably they like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young the best, then th- that's great. They either take their guy, maybe they really only like one guy, maybe they really only like Bryce Young, and if the Panthers take Bryce Young, then you, the, the, the Texans are in a really nice position at that yeah. point on draft day, or maybe the, the Bears announced their intentions earlier than that, to do something with it. I'm, I've am i liked Bryce Young the most from the get-go. I worry about his size a lot. I saw, like, I think pretty much what I expected, two camps of Texans fans, you know, one that is just flat-out doesn't want Bryce Young because of his size, mm-hmm. um, and the other that just likes Bryce Young because of his production and his football-playing ability. So you saw people kind of panicking that like, Oh crap. Now the Panthers are going to get CJ Stroud. Um, I think, or the other, with all the reports that 
the Panthers really like C.J. Stroud, then people that like Bryce Young feel like, okay, we're sitting in the catbird seat. I don't – captain's chair. I don't think the catbird seat makes any <laughs> sense. I don't even know what a catbird seat is. So the one – the thing <laughs> – Google that while I'm talking. Uh, ben, tell me what a catbird seat is. So I guess the, the cautionary tale, too, is just remember how everybody flat out knew as almost like a – the 11th commandment a couple of years ago that the 49ers were trading up because they wanted to draft Mac Jones. And even people that were dead set against it re- relented at the end because there was so much groupthink over it that like, well, yeah, they just love Mac Jones. That's who they're going to take. And they obviously end up taking Trey Lance. Yeah. So I don't like the consensus that the Texans love Bryce Young and the consensus that the Panthers love CJ Stroud. I think a lot of it is just people feeding into opinions that they might like or they just hear it so many times and you hear it regurgitated so many times that they they look at it as a certainty. I think there's a good chance that both the Panthers and the Texans don't really know who they who they most prefer right now. But the the thing about that is okay, if you're going to trade up to number 1 overall and you're acknowledging that it's a crapshoot uh, in a lot of ways anyway, I like why why do it right now? I don't know. I like they're gonna fall in love with somebody right now, or maybe they're they 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 just think they're gonna they're gonna know with more conviction a few months from now. The other side yeah. of it too is, you know, Dave Tepper, the owner for the Panthers, just he's hyper aggressive. You know, yeah. I mean, they traded for they traded for Sam Darnold, so to no, trade right. for an yeah. unknown number one overall pick, I guess it's not that far out of out of line. Uh, you know, I I was gonna interrupt you, you know, just a moment ago because. You know, as you were going through the Panthers, it's like, well, you said, all right, maybe Carolina, maybe the Texans, they don't, both of them don't know who they really want right now. And I was about to say, you know what, if anybody should know who the hell they want, it should be the Texans. But then I think about it's like, well, they have an entirely new regime as well. It's not just about Casario, who had been there and is entering, you know, what, year three as GM for the Houston Texans at this point. It is about Sloak. It is about Gerard Johnson. It is about D'Amico Ryans. All of their input, you know, with Casario to make the best possible decision. But, you know, still, like, they put their staff together. And, like, Casario even said that they'd started their scouting process way sooner this year than he'd ever had before in his career. And so, at the end of the day, they should still probably have a lot of the homework done, a lot of the nuts and bolts, you know, before they go to the combine, before they talk to these guys and meet meet each other and things like that. They probably have a pretty good idea, maybe a better idea than the Panthers do. I just still think it, the getting was good. We learned just as much about the Chicago Bears, I think, uh, on Friday as we did about the Panthers. In well, the that, thing- and, and, oh, and, and just that, you know, the Bears, it's clear that they don't covet a quarterback that they don't even covet Will Anderson or Jalen Carter because they'd slip back too far to even nab one of those guys, presumably. I mean, we'll have to wait well, and see. Jalen Carter is, yeah, I mean, who knows where Jalen exactly. Carter's going to end up. So, yeah, uh, it's a lot of fascinating stuff. And every, almost every move that was made this weekend ties back into the Texans in some way, including Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins, so we'll talk about that. The other big thing that happened on Friday, uh, Texans signed a free agent because he was out there and available, Robert Woods. Does this mean that a Brandon Cooks trade is imminent? We'll talk about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I am fascinated about the reaction uh, to various things that happen on Friday because it's, I mean, people have conviction right now about some of these things and uh, involving the Texans, and I'm happy to see it because uh, for a long time, Sean Bajani, who's in for Sean Pendergast today, there was uh, just general apathy. We'd gotten to the point where everybody was beat down to an extreme degree. At the end of the season, I remember talking, oh, no, 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 I apologize. It was when Deshaun Watson made his debut in Houston. Mm-hmm. And he made his deb- debut for the Browns in the city of Houston. It was uh, just spectacular timing. I talked to Albert Breer after the game because he was here covering it. And Albert Breer was kind of surprised that there wasn't more acrimony uh, or more vitriol, I guess. And and I told him at the time that I think mostly a lot of Houstonians are just tired of being a spectacle. You know, it, uh, aside from apathy over the team itself because they've just get, been beaten down for so many seasons in a row, I, people were just tired of being a spectacle. They were tired of being like the easy the easy prey when it came to national commentators, it, hearing the same old criticisms over and over again. So I feel like now it's gotten back more to normal sports anger where, okay – there are people, there's some people that mad that the Texans, uh, there's some people mad that they lost, they won the last game now, and now they're sitting number two. There are people that are really happy. One of our texters says that uh, when the Panthers traded up, they were happy to see that the Texans didn't use all that capital, yeah. capital to move up one spot. Uh, Lamont says, the timing told me everything I need to know. The Panthers fell in love with a player at the Combine. And then the other big move that happened on Friday was that the Texans signed wide receiver Robert Woods. And that was very polarizing for what is otherwise a pretty boring contract for a veteran player. It's two years, $15 million. And um, I think for a lot of people, this feels like, wait a second, is this a, is this a poor man's Brandon Cooks? Is it a poor man, Brandon Cooks? I, you know, it. I don't agree with that. And it's not going to be a fair discussion to have, like, if Robert Woods is healthy this year and he's contributing because the Texans, has a, the state of the organization is in a different place. You know, presumably they're going to have more talent around him and you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's going to look a little bit different. But 
I immediately loved the signing by the Texans because I thought financially it was a really good deal. It's not a long commitment for a 30-year-old, a guy who I believe is going to be 31 in April uh, for Robert Woods. But, you know, you just look back a few years ago, he had two straight 1,000-yard seasons in 18 and 19, probably could have had another in uh, 2020. And if he didn't have Malik Willis, you know, not throwing anybody the football for three games – uh, last year as a member of the Titans, like his numbers would have looked a lot better. He still had 53 catches on 91 targets, 527 yards and two scores. But most importantly, for a guy coming off of an ACL uh, injury, played in all 17 games. That's why yeah. I liked it. And, you know, doing some research, and I know Landry's done a lot of this over the course of the last month or so, but the guy's a good leader. He helps develop young receivers and, you know, he was responsible when he was in L.A. of getting OBJ uh, to Los Angeles. So yeah, I didn't know I, I like that. all you of those said things. That. He recruited him in there. And, um, I, and I, I guess my reaction to, hey, he's a poor man's Brandon Cooks is good. You know, I, if you get the exact same production or even a little less out of Brandon Cooks, what was Brandon Cooks supposed to be? He was supposed to be the veteran leader. He was supposed to be the reliable guy that worked with the young quarterbacks. And he did that. It's just that right now – I think that Brandon Cooks might have a different viewer version of where he should be and what his production should be mm-hmm. than maybe what the Texans mm-hmm. do. But the, and the biggest thing about Robert Woods compared to Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods is one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL. So, like, I, I would call him a poor man's Kevin Walter now that he's 31, which is fine if you think about what do the Texans want. What does the Kyle Shanahan version of, you know, this latest – Kubshanistani offense uh, do they? They've got physical wide receivers that'll block downfield, yeah. that'll that'll break tackles, and I think I think Robert Woods is that guy. And then it also gives you now some flexibility to say, hey, if we'd like to have a veteran wide receiver on the team, a b, it's not a great year for free agents. It's not a great year in the draft for for wide receivers, and that we now have the flexibility to trade Brandon Cooks away whenever a deal comes up, and yes. we don't have to worry about you know trying to figure out a way to get another veteran on the roster. And you're able to do it because Robert, because Robert Woods was cut by the Titans and he's a veteran player, you're able to sign him before legal tampering even begins. And I, I have a feeling that the Texans just thought, all right, this is a reasonable deal. He's making $7.5 million a year for two years. That puts him at about the 34th highest paid wide receiver in the league, which is not bad. Like, that's very, very reasonable um, for, for where he is right now. So no I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm not jumping over the moon because of it or anything, but I think, like, this is exactly the kind of reasonable deal that looks like Casario and Bobby Slowick worked together on this to to think, okay, do we like this guy? He knows the system. We can bring him in. And maybe he's not going to be demanding a trade for the next seven months the way right. Cooks will be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's a different state of the organization now. I mean, they finally turned the page, and they're looking you know, upward, onward. They're trying to get better. They want to get better now. So I'm looking at that. You know, you asked the interesting question, um, you know, in, in preparation for this. You know, do the Texans have some kind of data on these 30, 31 year old guys, you know, that are coming off of ACL injuries? You yeah. Know, the recovery. What's that like? I tried my best to like do a deep dive <laughs> and look at some of the statistical data. And some of the numbers that I'd found, I mean, they're dated, but an ACL injury, I mean, how much has the recovery changed over the course of the last five, 10 years? I mean, probably a little bit. 
and the recovery time from 2006, let's say, to 2018, it has changed, you know, a little, Seth, like where yeah. the average recovery time used to be like 14.9 months, and it's kind of down to 11 and change now, depending on the position. But I found some interesting data that from 2008 to 2013, looking at NFL players specifically between receivers and running backs, they took 20 guys because there was like 10 or 12 guys they really couldn't count because they'd never made it back. And our friend Cecil Shorts is one of those guys, you know, after he'd had his surgery, the ACL. Yeah, nasty. Uh, it was more than just yeah. ACL with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he still to this day, you know, has uh, yeah. lower leg issues. But looking at those guys... It's a very small sample size, dude. And the last guy that I could really point to that had any market success at his age of 30 at the time when Jordy Nelson had his surgery, what he looked like afterwards, it, he didn't really miss a step immediately. And I forgot that he was that old when he had his ACL. Yeah. And he always had like a youthful look about him. Yeah. 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 And he's you know, a lot of the guys that had surgeries around that time that dealt with ACLs. Yeah. We're in and around their early to mid 20s, somewhere 27, 28. So I didn't really pay too close attention to those guys, but it is pretty clear the the ability for those receivers, particularly, to put up the same or better numbers after the injury, it doesn't happen. Jordy Nelson yeah. is like the anomaly. Yeah, that and then at that age, and I would just say from personal experience, yeah, the ACL that I had when I was 32 was way different recovering from that than the one when I, I had when I was in my, my mid-20s. And I do think, and that's where I think it's a reasonable contract for a guy that they don't need to be a leading receiver in the league. I think the, the combo of the running, the run blocking and the, the pass receiving is a real thing. And I know, mm-hmm. like going back to Texans days with Gary Kubiak, nobody really wants to believe it. Like nobody wants to believe the value of a Kevin Walter, except that it, it really does matter to Bobby Slowick and these guys. So I'm I'm okay with it. The guy that I was thinking about when I uh, asked about the perhaps guys that are a little bit older coming off an injury or two years after an injury was Marlon Mack, where you know Marlon oh, yeah. Mack was two years post Achilles, and my guys are starting to make better and more impressive recoveries as running backs from Achilles. It's happened in other positions. Running backs are still the laggards, um, but Deontay Foreman is a guy that is really the first guy that's come back as a running back in the NFL from yes. Achilles tendon tear with any kind of respectable performance. So I uh, that's I'm crossing my fingers for that, but mostly it's just okay. This is a this is a smarter deal than the Randall Cobb deal was. And it's like my first thought was, okay, please don't make this the Randall Cobb deal. And I don't think it's in that same category. The other big news this weekend involving trades and signings was that the Carolina Panthers traded for the number one overall pick, obviously. They claim they don't know what they're doing with it. Are we buying this? We'll discuss next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I had to be interrupted by Ben Gary just now because I was, I was telling Sean Bajani, who's in for Sean Pendergast uh, today, that, uh, about my pool hall hustler theory of quarterbacks. That basically, as long as, you remove, as long as you remove morality from the equation, could this guy be a pool hall hustler? Uh, and I feel like most Hall of Fame quarterbacks definitely could. Even Steve Young. Remember, remove morality from the equation. And uh, there's a certain charisma that they carry, a certain uh, willingness to take risk and all of that. But, uh, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. We're going to talk about things that, that shouldn't matter, but you totally, totally care about when it comes to rating quarterbacks. The Carolina trade for the number one overall pick. The, the compensation they gave up, I think, was probably about right if they actually know who they're trading up for. And that's what, that's what everybody is skeptical of right now are the claims that Carolina actually doesn't know who they're drafting, that they want to assess the situation, figure it out, and, uh, and then, you know, over the course of the next three months, have the ability and the power to do whatever they want, which I guess would include maybe they genuinely don't like all these guys and then they're trading back, um, you know, or maybe they put enough of a scare into the Texans. Maybe they're just trying to figure out who the Texans really like. And then, you know, and then figure out if they can get the Texans or the Colts or somebody else to jump up. Yes. One of our texters says the Panthers are getting Anthony Richard, Anthony Richardson, the best athlete at the quarterback position. Like, if that were the case, I could totally see, like, hypothetically, I could see, I could see the Panthers saying, all right, well, if the, you know, we really like Anthony Richardson and we're pretty sure the Texans and the Colts want somebody more polished. So let's just go ahead and play the Texans and the, the Colts off of each other. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one that would concern me the most because I don't want the Texans giving up any draft capital. Yeah, I think that was probably the impetus for uh, the idea of a segment that we have coming up later. Right? I asked you the question. It's like, you know, in regards to Richardson, like post-combine, what's the last quarterback that you remember that could have potentially taken such a big leap like Richardson could if, in fact, he selected number one overall, I mean, prior to the combine, we were talking about like, oh, you know, like we wouldn't hate it if the Texans took a flyer on Anthony Richardson at 12. Maybe he slides back to like the early 20s, mid 20s, and the Texans could trade back there. Like, Right. For quarterbacks specifically, I mean, we've seen it at other positions where guys really incredible combine performance vault guys up. Sometimes from the third round up into the first round, or you know, like yeah. Mike Mamula back in the day was the notorious one who was just a combine hero. Um, but at the quarterback position, yeah, guys will guys who are already good quarterbacks with great college production have improved themselves with athleticism. But I don't, I can't remember a guy that wasn't even regarded as a good college quarterback all of a sudden leap up 
to potential top of the draft conversation with nothing but athleticism, really. And arm, I mean, raw arm talent. Yeah. His good throws look really, really good. It's just that he's so erratic and all over the place. It feels more like how some number one overall drafted pitchers get drafted, you know, where they've, wow, they've got extreme control issues, but they, you know, He's got so much raw talent as an 18-year-old. Well, yeah, or a baseball particularly because yeah. you know they're looking at you know 18, 19-year-old kids. I mean, hell, sometimes yeah. even younger than that. I mean, he's not a pitcher, but I mean, hell, just look at the kid that uh, you know started the. Or he didn't start, but he played in the damn Cactus League game this weekend. The sixteen-year-old shortstop prospect, I think. Yeah. You know? Child labor going on out in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. Can you even get away with that elsewhere? I don't, what's, the, what's, the, what's the rule on professional athletes in America? Um, I think that, I, that was, that's what makes me the most nervous about Anthony Richardson. I feel like he is, he is the most complete crapshoot. Um, Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Panthers, this is what he said at the Combine. As people are saying that actually, no, the Panthers don't know who they want. They're going to evaluate it. This is what he said at the Combine. You go get the guy that you want, you know, when asked about potentially trading up for a quarterback. If you have a conviction on a guy, you go get him. It's pretty simple that way. If you don't know and you're going to give up all these resources to go up and get it, you're hurting your team in the long run. You better be right. You better have conviction if you do move up. When you do it, you're all in. So, uh, like, that, that seems like like a pretty strong indication that, man, this guy wants, this guy knows exactly who he wants. And people, people think, you know, in the betting markets would, um, the betting markets would back that up that the, the Panthers like CJ Stroud. Yeah, but it could just be setting the stage. You know, he says this at the combine, they go do this deal with the bears. It looks like a great haul. The two ones, the two twos and the Panthers best receiver in DJ Moore. That's who the Bears get. And so if they're moving up without having that conviction, you know, like John Harris said, well, maybe they don't know who they want. I still think it's a possibility. I mean, you set the stage. You got to play the game. They might still be like him and Han, eh, Bryce Young, eh, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I don't know. Will Anderson. Who knows? Maybe we go that route. It doesn't matter because you still have so much time between now and the NFL draft. Whatever deal was done this early before the draft, all it is is setting the bar for the ask. If the Colts, the Texans, the Raiders, XYZ other team wants to move up bad enough because they have the conviction, they want to spend the resources, the Panthers ensure themselves of one thing. They're going to get at least back in return what they gave up to make this deal in the first place and probably more. Yeah, I think that... um... I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that, especially if they feel like between the Colts and the Texans and maybe somebody else, you know, maybe the Broncos, or uh, I want to say the Broncos because of McDaniels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, maybe McDaniels really, really wants to go up and they're willing to give up even more than that. Um, that there's a pretty good chance that out of three quarterbacks, and there might be a wild card out there that just loves Will Levis. You know, there's, a, there's, there's still that possibility that of all those teams that need a quarterback that somebody's going to be willing to give up even more. Um, yeah, there's a lot of potential here now with this much runway, this much ramp space for something to happen. I personally I don't want I don't want the Texans to I don't want the Texans to fall in love with that much and give away draft capital. If capital if the if the Panthers are like really thinking that, yeah, we're, it's going to take us a haul. we got to get back everything we gave up plus a good chunk more. Yeah. Then like I don't need the Texans to give up back everything they 
got in the Deshaun Watson trade, basically, to, to move up one spot. It, but if you're the Texans, too, you're, you're looking at this from your perspective, all right? If you're Nick Casario, what's really changed? You didn't have the number one going in. You don't have the number one now. Right. Okay? The only thing that's really changed is the ask. If you were interested enough and sold enough on Bryce Young or whoever, and you knew that you needed to get to the top spot to ensure that is your guy, that's the only thing that's changed. The Texans yeah. still are resound to the fact that, all right, we have to love Bryce Young or we have to love C.J. Stroud. And if the Panthers go Bryce Young, we have to feel comfortable enough in our shoes that C.J. Stroud is our guy and Slowick and his staff can develop and we're going to be good. This is the this is the franchise. This is the future of our franchise. That that that's yeah. really it. At, at the end of the day, and it's a mind numbing conversation because you don't know. You hear all of these things, you know, in regards to these quarterbacks, and we don't necessarily feel comfortable about the number two, quote unquote. But the Texans, that's the only team that matters. Those are the only guys that matters. They have to feel comfortable. They have to believe. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, listener asked this question. On the trailer wheel and frame uh, text line. Could the Panthers have two guys in mind, but the only option was to trade to number one? They weren't going to be able to trade to number two. Let me tell you something. If the Texans had been offered this package to go from two to nine, and it was something similar, maybe without DJ Moore or something, um, I would have been upset that they didn't take it. I would, I would have been fine with it. Yeah, you give me this haul. Then the only issue is that you, you've got all these first-round picks and second-round picks. How are you going to fit all of this under the, 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 the cap at some point? I don't know. There's a, there's a myriad well, of possibilities. It is, I mean, and that's where the waters get really muddy, Seth, because if, in yeah. fact, the Texans are offered this deal and they move you know, from two to nine in a, yeah. in a hypothetical deal like this, all right, well, then you have the nine and the 12, and you've got all this future draft capital you could still move back up in this year's draft using that capital and get a guy that you want, a guy that you need. The problem is there's two other teams ahead of you that are in desperate need of a quarterback themselves, and you're looking at really, isn't it the Cardinals in the three slot right now as probably yeah. the only legitimate team you could trade with? But would the Cardinals do that deal? Maybe so, because they're not going to get a quarterback they might right. be looking offense or defensive line, whatever the case may be, maybe a tackle, I don't know. Um, but that would be like one of the only teams that would make sense if, in fact, that hypothetical did play out. I think there's a, this is a, there's a chance that this year might be the most active draft day trading in that top 15 ever. Uh, and I, I've said this yeah. before. Like I, Every year I talk myself into there being all these trades. But look at I mean, we've had activity at the top spot already with a team that may not even be super inter- as, as interested in staying there. The, the, the one text that says, hey, the Panthers are going to take the best athlete at the quarterback position. Like That's a relatively new phenomenon that, oh, wow, you got to get the best athlete at the quarterback position. Fifteen years ago, it was a liability if you were the best, you know, the best athlete at the quarterback position. Teams were looking at you like, ah, you're going to want to run too much. So I would be surprised if they're trading up to number one overall for Anthony Richardson. Um, I would be surprised if anybody right now traded up to number one overall. For the same reason, I'm, I would be surprised because GMs always have a little bit of self-preservation in the back of their minds. Trading up to number one overall for Bryce Young even though he's the most polished of all these guys, 
you trade up to number one overall for a guy that's got known size issues. And that's and it. If he gets injured in the first year, yeah. it's a it's a classic. Like, what were you thinking? Even the people that were pro Bryce Young at the beginning, two years later, are saying, "What were you thinking?" Including owners, yeah. um, and likely with Anthony Richardson, it's the same thing. I'm like, wait a second, you took a guy number one, you traded up to get number one overall for a guy that never completed better than 55% of his passes. Um, That kind of brings it all back together, though, right? Because you're talking about 10 to 15 years ago, people were nervous, you know, uh, about, you know, taking the best athlete at the quarterback position. The nervousness in regard to that still exists. And Bryce Young is the prime example because of his size and because at that position, you're worried about him getting hurt. Putting yeah, that yeah. much faith and money and time into somebody at that position, and then poof. My example, you know, like when people complain about the size aspect, and I don't care about the size in regards to Bryce Young. I want the best dude, and I think he's the best dude. I'll point to Deshaun Watson. You know, a day after the Astros won the damn World Series in 2017, he tears his ACL in a non-contact drill. It didn't matter about his size there. If a guy's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt. Like, I don't need to worry about him getting hit. He's a football player. He's going to get hit, and he played in the biggest and best conference in college football. And you know what? Some way, somehow, he survived to this point, and he was coached by an NFL offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien at one of the best universities in college football, he put himself in this position. To me, he's good enough to go get at that spot. I don't care about his size. I think the the thing is, if you're a smaller guy, you do have to play differently. Because, um, yes, bigger guys get hit, but they tend to take more risks with their bodies, too. Mm-hmm. You know, Ren Roth, Fair, like yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, the way he played, like see, Bryce Young couldn't play that way. You know, Bryce Young's not going to stand there and just get blasted sure. in the ribs over and over again. So the question then is, all right, is he aware of that? Is he smart enough to do that? He's shown a very good pocket awareness and an ability to avoid contact. The biggest thing that I worry about was when he separated his shoulder. He was – like, that was a stupid thing he was doing. He, he was trying to make a throw before he hit the ground, and he extended his arm out, and that's when your shoulders – your shoulder gets injured when you, when you reach out like that in positions like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to – he needs to learn when discretion is the better part of valor at times. Yeah. Um, but for the Agreed. most part, you're right. Like he, look, he played in the SEC. He largely escaped and avoided injury. The other big move this weekend was Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Miami Dolphins for a third-round pick and a tight end by the name of Hunter Long, former third-round pick. I was a little peeved at Rachel Nichols because she, she kind of sort of broke the news, uh, but it was like, off camera or away from the main recording of Fred Taylor's podcast, The Pivot. This was her like trying to coax it out of Jalen Ramsey. And I think Jalen Ramsey breaking the news himself. So you said that you will no longer be playing for the Rams for sure. For sure. For sure. I will be. I will be. And what do you want in a game? Uh, a good team. A young up and coming team I believe in. A uh, good culture. A good place. Um, you know, I got kids to think about, got daughters to think about, warm, you know, uh, maybe no income tax in the state. Ah. We'll, we'll see, you know. All right, all right. So, you know, if you're an team, make a quick. That's right. I'm telling you, you got to get it figured out. Yeah, I actually got uh, a little bit excited for a second when I had seen that because I was like at the wedding all weekend and I wasn't paying much attention. Yeah. Um, I thought that, like, wait, is there a possibility somehow that Jalen Ramsey's coming to the, the Texans? That would be a huge surprise. <laughs> so I heard warm, no state income tax. Um, but he was like obviously alluding to the Miami Dolphins there. And that was, uh, yeah, he named you know, every I, possibility <laughs> like, that yeah, we talk yeah. about. Like, so when a player goes. Like, 
yeah, did he? Because it's obviously not Arizona. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was uh, it was kind of <laughs> tricky. And I, I assume maybe his kids live in Florida. But Jalen Ramsey goes to the Dolphins, and I don't know. I you know it's you had pointed out that. It, it seems like people are talking about the Rams more than the Dolphins in this situation. Yeah. Maybe because I don't, I don't think people really are taking the Dolphins in Tua Tungavailoa seriously yet. Despite any success they've had or despite any progress they made, I feel like people just don't want to believe in the Dolphins right now. And that's fine, I guess. But, I mean, you know, with the Dolphins seem to be that outlying team where, oh, if Brady decides to come back, maybe he'd consider Miami. Or... Hey, if things go sour, you know, with this quarterback, maybe they'd go to Miami. It's like, you know, they still have Tua Tungavaloa down there at quarterback. Like, I know he sustained three concussions this past year, but I mean, my God, he's not an ICU. Like, I think he's good to go. It just kind of comes down to a matter of faith. But then I was looking at this Ramsey deal, and I'm like, hey, you know, the Dolphins had a top five secondary in the league last year, and they just got better. And they're going to yeah. have these guys coming back from injuries like Brandon Jones, their safety, torn ACL last year. Uh, their nickel corner, Nick Needham, tore Achilles last season. Byron Jones, their corner, uh, he didn't play last year. I think he had an ACL or a lower leg injury. He'll be back this year, presumably. And now you infuse Jalen Ramsey in there with um, Javon Holland, really good young player, Xavier Howard, no player in the entire league's got more interceptions than this guy over the course of the last uh, six, seven years in the league. That's going to be a really rock-solid secondary. I mean, that's a good foundation defensively, and I feel like well, we should Vic, be talking Vic about Fangio that a little bit more. Too. Yeah, yeah yes. Vic Fangio good is point. the coordinator. And, you know, the thing about that secondary last year was that the Dolphins, they, had to, they blitzed a lot. So it was, it was kind of... Um, it was uh, it was a very risky style of play, and then especially when the the quarterback play wasn't as consistent. The Texans, however, they did it. The Texans broke to a tongue of Iloa. He was actually playing really bad football until he ended up getting injured again after the after the Texans drove him out of the the game. With well, the Dolphins had a lead yeah. in that game. It was weird. It was one of the only. It was one of the one. It was the one impactful things the Texans did last year, and I'm proud of them. For I, it. you're right. I don't remember the sequence of events though when the Texans played against Tua and the Dolphins. That was between his second and third final concussion, or his yeah. first and second. I can't remember. No, it, it had was, to be between was, the two and three. It was between the two and the three. And well, or whatever, I don't know because I can't remember. One you know, and two were too they, close. Well, they, the, yeah, but the one isn't officially one, right? They didn't call it a concussion. Um, the second one, everybody yeah. assumes he had the concussion, but then he got hurt yeah, again when right. he went back in. Um, I think that he. Okay, so the the Dolphins were winning in that game. It had a healthy lead, but Mike McDaniel, boy genius, remember, just kept throwing the football, <laughs> and he was getting crushed. Like the Texans actually, you know, at times last year, the Texans' pass rush started to come along mm-hmm. um, with Obo Okoronkwo, with Jerry Hughes, and some of those guys. Malik Collins was in that day, and I think having a good game of it. So, like, they were harassing him to the point where Mike McDaniel said, okay, we got to sit him after this. And then after that, he kind of, the next week, he completed 54% of his passes against the 49ers. The week after that, he completed 35% of his passes against the Chargers. The week after that, 56% of his passes against the Bills. And then against Green Bay, like he, that was his last game of the season. Like he just, uh, he didn't have a great year last year after the Texans destroyed him. Yeah. So well, I, yeah, yeah, but he still put up all those points on the Texans. You remember they, they, 
That was the 30 to 15. Right, that was in the first half, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did that, and then in the third quarter, he got benched. So once he got, after he got benched, he yeah. was not a good quarterback again yeah, that right. entire season. Yeah, and that was uh, they had that weird uh, the uh, the weird tackle that he got. Maybe that screwed him up or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, mm-hmm. but there's a point that a listener makes on the trailer wheel and frame text line. Yet again, a Mulligan client quitting on a team when it looks like there's no good that season. Hence, keep CJ Stroud the hell away from Houston. So, uh, Jalen Ramsey is a, is a Mulligan client. That's, we kept bringing that up over and over again, uh, talking about, you know, during the Deshaun Watson situation, because Jalen Ramsey had forced his way out of Jacksonville. And now it's almost to the point where, like, the Rams didn't even put up a fight. I said, all right, uh, you want to go, you're going to go. We'll take a third rounder and uh, some tight end. And and the Rams don't get any crap for it. They traded uh, two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey to begin with. But, I I mean, it worked out is the thing. They, you make a couple Super Bowls um, over the course of several years, and people cut you a break. So yeah. I, I, I'm not going to gripe too much about that. Uh, look, free agency begins officially on Wednesday, but the legal tampering period starts at 11 a.m., today and there's already a whole lot of things lining up we'll get you up to speed on that next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 